0: what's up everyone welcome to the pick and play show i just wanted to give you a quick message beforehand and let you know that this episode was recorded last week on thursday today is tuesday uh there was some technical difficulties getting the, the episode uploaded but we're here uh obviously the, the episode was recorded before we got the news of tom brady's return that is crazy the goat is back That man was retired for, what, like five weeks? (laughs) He spent five weeks at home and just said, nah, I'm good. I got to get back to the field. So that's hilarious. And I'm sure me and Gordo will cover that this week, uh, later in the week when we record our newest episode. But just a heads up, you're not going to get a reaction to the Tom Brady news. Uh, You're not going to get a reaction to the Philly-Brooklyn result. Uh, But we got plenty of good shit for you. So let's ride
1: hello hello and welcome to the pick and play show today leo myself we're gonna break down all the fucking happenings in the nfl which two big trades well one huge trade and then one interesting trade with carson wentz and then leo's gonna take us through some hot topics in the nba as long as you know i think we're gonna get into some maybe who you would start your franchise with which is definitely going to be a contested segment so Let's hit it off. Leo, big news in the NFL. How are you doing?
0: I'm great. I'm always a fan of big news in the NFL. I feel like NFL and NBA off-seasons are always real exciting. I love seeing all the player movement. I, I wish that we saw this kind of stuff in the NFL more often because yeah. th- those blockbuster deals are what gets you excited in the offseason. We got a long way to go before we get real football, so this is all the excitement we got for now.
1: For a while, and it'll, I think it's going to keep coming like this. I mean, the, Deshaun Watson will be moved, so let's start here. Deshaun Watson is going to be moved. I think his court dates are going to be settling down very shortly here. Tomorrow,
0: uh, actually, a grand jury is supposed to decide whether they're going to uh, press criminal charges against him or not. So I'm guessing if he comes out clean tomorrow, uh, in the next week or two, we're going to see a deal.
1: Yeah, and you I, you might see a deal sooner than that. Uh, now, here's the thing. He still has civil suits pending against him. So there's a lot of uh there's only going to be certain teams I think that can take him and let me give you the list of teams that now with everything we know who he could go to uh there's some talk about Pittsburgh but the problem is Pittsburgh went through incredible turmoil when Ben had his allegations of sexual misconduct this is a storied franchise that really tries to uphold the i would say letter of the law um this is the team famous for the rooney rule to try to bring uh you know a level playing field for minorities into the nfl and so i just don't see that as a fit but i look around carolina um I think that you you could see a, a movement there. That's not too far away from Clemson, so there'd be fans there from when he was in college. We all know college fans really don't give a shit. Um, but with, with Washington kind of closed out, it, here's the two I think that are most likely, Carolina and Seattle.
0: Hmm i've heard a lot what about both think? of those teams uh, in the last couple of days a lot of rumors especially from carolina i feel like every rumor i'm seeing on twitter or you know through google searches or on reddit almost everyone is pointing towards carolina being willing to go all in on yeah. deshaun watson and on one hand i get it because deshaun watson when he's on the field playing he's a top 5 quarterback i think top yep. 7 you know at at the latest so, if you can get that guy, you you go get that guy, but I don't I don't think Carolina's a QB away from contention. Do you think like they'd still have a long way to go?
1: They would. Um the thing is the rest of their division doesn't have a the best quarterback in that division right now is Matt Ryan.
0: Okay, so you that, get Deshaun instantly you have the best quarterback in the division which I guess gives you the best shot, right?
1: Yeah. Like Tampa Bay Kyle Trask is the quarterback. So here, let me, let me go with my total list of teams that I think could, could be in. Those are my two front runners. Um, But when we look around, there's actually not too many teams that can even compete here. No one in the NFC East can really compete. You could maybe look at Miami, but uh, I I don't, I don't know. I think they see, they've publicly said they're out on him. Who knows what happens there? Uh, Sneaky dark horse for me and stop me at any point in time. If you want to dive into this a little deeper, how about this? What about Cleveland? Cleveland has drafts capital. They could trade Baker Mayfield. You could bring him in over there. I ha- Wow, I feel like you're he- known for making big deals. You
0: threw me a curveball right there. I wasn't prepared for this one. Deshaun Watson to Cleveland. Uh, I like it. I definitely like it because they have some pieces on defense already. I think they would need to go get him a couple pieces on offense if that's what they're going to do. I think they, they need to add a receiver, probably a tight end too. Um, but I'd, I'd like the fit there.
1: There's good, Amari Cooper's out there. There are some pieces you could go get. I think Cleveland's possible. I don't know how likely. Um, Houston obviously, not Jacksonville, not. I had thought and put on paper Indianapolis, but there's no fucking no, way. No. No, absolutely. Not. Around and is like, yeah, right, no way. Uh the Las Vegas Raiders could get a little feisty. They go, "Hey, here's a car." The problem is, I don't think Houston wants a quarterback in this. I think they're cool with David Mills. So, I don't Mills think Mill season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I don't think you can turn around and be like, hey, here's car." They're like, that. that is a problem we don't want to deal with. So I kind of eliminated them from that perspective. In the NFC, the, uh, the NFC East – The Giants are good with Jones. The Washington Commies have their quarterback, which we'll get to. Dallas is I mean, that
0: should have been the team, right? If a team's going to go. Now, given all the allegations that Washington's front office is going through, I don't think that they could have gone and gotten Deshaun Watson. I mean, they could have. It just would have been a big middle finger to literally everyone. But why not? Everyone. Why not, though?
1: So that's my point. Either the Deshaun Watson deal is actually done and we're just waiting for the Friday results for it to roll out, or they didn't want the optics. Now, that would be the first time that Washington cared about optics, so I have a tough time believing that. I think someone else just offered way more. Um, Philadelphia could be in this mix. They got Hurts. They could move over. You send them over to the NFC, so could be there. I don't really see anybody in the NFC North really going for it. I don't think that— uh detroit's in a position where that works for deshaun minnesota no uh green bay obviously not maybe chicago but they kind of have hurts and i think they're set so you know like uh, nfc west san francisco just traded all of their assets for a quarterback who can't play (laughs) like uh, you know like he's gonna be be playing this year think about if san francisco had waited and said, hey, we're not going to trade a bunch of picks for a quarterback that's not going to play. What we're going to do is we're going to go forward with this year and try for Watson in the offseason. Imagine this team with Watson.
0: Uh, It's a Super Bowl team, easily. A Super Super Bowl favorite, at least.
1: Favorite, favorite. So, you know, I really look at it as Carolina has the ability to do it. Cleveland's my dark horse Philly's a little bit of a dark horse um and 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 you know that that's really kind of where I'm sitting I think with all the other moves any anyone you th- want to call out is maybe your your little sleeper pick for where Watson could go
0: uh I don't think I have a sleeper the team that I think should try and go get him is Miami now I I don't think there's that they're going, going to yeah there. exactly yeah. there's a lot going on and I think I've seen at least rumors that say that they're already out. You know they're not in the running to go get him, but that would be the team. If I could place him anywhere, I would place him in Miami.
1: Yeah, we're gonna see or New Orleans. I think New, New Orleans, Orleans, Orleans should try and go so get. They're just so cap strapped. Like they almost need to pull water out of the boat there. Like that's a team that you know, like they're like, hey, you know, we can keep going this route, but we're just gonna sink. So. um And the reason why the landscape for quarterbacks is limited is because Mr. Unlimited was traded from Seattle to Denver, and the entirety of it is the Broncos sending two first-round picks, two second-round picks, a fifth-rounder, Drew Locke, Noah Fant, defensive lineman Shelby Harris, and uh, this is the funniest part of the entire trade to me. The Seahawks get back Russell Wilson, I mean, the the Denver Broncos get Russell Wilson and a fifth-round pick. What the fuck is the fifth-round pick? Like, what was that? At what point were they like, all right, fine, but you're giving us a fifth? And Seattle's like, Denver's like, Seattle's like, what? Well, I don't give a shit. Like, what That got thrown in right in? at the end. Like, come on, <laughs> we're giving up end. a lot here. Yeah. <laughs> so what is your takeaway from this?
0: Uh, it's got to suck to be Noah Fant is my takeaway from this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, I know. You just know yeah. Noah fan was chilling at home. He gets the update mm-hmm. on his phone that his team just traded for Russell Wilson. He probably rubbed yep. his palms together like, yeah, yeah. buddy, we're going to get to the money now. And then a couple minutes later, the <laughs> news trickles in. <laughs> Yeah. that he's going to Seattle with Drew Locke. So my condolences to Noah Fant. That fucking sucks. Uh, but from the Denver Broncos' perspective, they got exactly what they needed, right? We've been saying for a couple years now, if only this team had a quarterback, and now they have the quarterback. So the the offense should be close to complete. I, I don't know what the status of their offensive line is, but they got receivers. They have at least one good young running back. You know, we'll see if they re-sign Melvin Gordon. But uh, – I guess it's put up or shut up time for both sides now, right? If Russ is going to cook, now's the time to go ahead and cook. And, uh, And Denver, you know, they're not the QB away anymore. Now they need to be contenders.
1: Here's my only problem. Russell Wilson's still the third best quarterback in that division.
0: Yeah, that's tough. You know, I saw the tough? I saw the news that he only wanted to waive his no trade clause for Denver, at least among the teams that put in an offer. And I'm wondering, like, why do you want to go to that division? You have to go play Carr, and Mahomes, a Car Mahomes and Herbert.
1: I mean, we're talking about a division with four top eighteen quarterbacks. Right. I don't know if, I, in my lifetime, I don't think I've ever seen a division so stacked. With quarterbacks, I mean, we're essentially talking number one in Mahomes, number five or four, five or six in Allen, and then number probably eight, nine or 10 for Wilson. I mean, holy shit. I'll tell you what, though. There are going to be some absolutely thrilling football games. That's a division game. We get to see all of them combined in some way six times, six times. And the other two, other three additional games will be with Carr. I mean, that's pretty cool. No, not six. Nine, right? No, no, no six, because they all play each other. So, I mean, that's a really, really, really great, great, great viewing experience for people. So, all right, this is a uh, great
0: year for the Titans to have to play the AFC West, which is who, who the Titans play this coming season.
1: Oh, my God. That's going to be brutal. Oh, Jacksonville, Indy, and uh, Houston. Oof. <laughs> oof. That is going to be some buzz for them. Uh, Some little notes in here with Noah Fant. This really hurts. Honestly, if you have any of fantasy interest in Locke, Metcalf, or Fant, move them very far down your list. I I don't think that there's much value there at all. Try to move off of them. I just traded
0: Metcalf like a week ago in this dynasty league I'm in, and thank the Lord that I did because his value had to have tanked.
1: It had to take. Now, I'm going to tell people this. There is, if you can go get these star wide receivers, if you can, get them cheap, try to. Because, in dynasty leagues only. Because you could, they could end up getting traded. So they could be like, Russell's out, I'm out, get rid of me. And the Seahawks go, that's no problem, we'll just retool this whole thing. And they, like Tyler Lockett, I could seal the move. 100% on the move. Oh, yeah. and I hope the Titans have will called get him. about him. I think a lot of people well, – got enough wide receivers, right? No, well, they never no, no, anything. we don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's you know, Tyler Lockett's someone who I think is going to end up on the move. Metcalf still has the rookie deal, so they're not going to be um, – looking to move off that, but Lockett could move, even in the middle of the season. So if you can get him cheap enough, someone's a completely disenfranchised with him, maybe look to get him uh, like Tyler Lockett. Noah Fant could still be on the move again. Shelby Harris is a nice little pickup for Seattle, um, but we actually called this on the pod. I specifically had said that coming into next year, Pete Carroll or Russell Wilson would be gone. That happened. Russell Wilson is gone. Seahawks decide to go with 73. 70-year-old, 73-year-old Pete Carroll over Russell Wilson? That's kind of curious, isn't it?
0: You got to think that Russell Wilson asked out. I know that they said that he uh, let the situation play out and he wasn't trying to force the, the team's hand. I don't believe any of that shit. You got to think that Russ asked out. That, that's the only thing that makes sense for me.
1: I, I think that it did come down to a pal struggle. So something with Seattle, I believe Seattle's owner died. And it's now up to the the owner's wife. And so there's a lot of churn going on there. Pete Carroll could be the boss in that building. So this could have been a Russ saying, hey, it's either me or Pete. And Pete's like, well, I'm the boss. So this was easy. Um, So
0: before, before we move on to the Carson Wentz trade, I have some breaking news for you. Do you want the breaking news?
1: Oh, yeah. Give it to me.
0: Breaking news from Ian Rappaport a couple minutes ago. The Los Angeles Chargers have traded with the Bears for star Khalil Mack. They're uh, they're trading a second rounder this year and a sixth rounder next season for Khalil Mack, giving the Chargers a pass rush combo of Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack.
1: That's great. That, that's, that's a big excellent. time
0: deal. That, that that helps the Chargers defense tremendously.
1: I think that's the chest to checkers move. Now, I, I'm going to. I'm going to say this. The Chargers' problem is they can't stop anyone in the run game. Anyone. So they're going to have to still beef that up. I think it's I think it's a huge move. I mean, Khalil Mack, despite falling a little bit out of the headlines, is a phenomenal football player still. So that's a big trade for them. And they're in a division – this is like an arms race in that division now. Kansas City – kind of called this last year where we said look for the demise of them. Not demise, but the, the I would say from the top of the rung dropped down a little bit. The offensive line had to get retooled. It wasn't 100% fixed. They had multiple problems on offense this year they couldn't take care of. And Tyron Matthew is now a free agent. That team could end up looking up at the division now if the Chargers can screw their head on right and the uh, – Denver Broncos can iron this thing out. It's rumored Ron- Von Miller wants to go back to Denver as well. So,
0: in your opinion, as of today, March tenth, we're still far away from the draft, free agency. We, you know, there's still a lot to be determined. But as of today, who would be your pick? Who would you put a little taste on on the FanDuel app to win the division? As of right now, Chargers. Uh, it finally happens. So the, the Chargers finally overtake them.
1: I think everyone looks at Denver as the sexy pick and everyone who's not looking at Denver as the sexy pick turns around to Kansas City and goes with the tried and true. And I think in those two narratives what falls through is that the Chargers were really close last year and they really were hurt they really got held back by Brandon Staley. But Brandon is not a stupid man and he will make adjustments, get smarter and make that team Uh, the team he really envisions them to so we expect a lot out of a first-year head coach there's a difference between a first-year head coach who's been a coach in the league for 30 years and has a lot more experience than a coach who's basically right out of the box was a guru and then turns around and and gets a head coaching opportunity so he says a lot of the right things to public but we look at his execution and it's failing And that's normally because he hasn't had time to implement those speakings into teachings, into practice. So I think that you're going to see him emerge. I I think that the narrative of Justin Herbert being um, a super super superstar is already there. And I think he's going to get the opportunity this year with them locking up Mike Williams for a long time.
0: I like it, and I agree with it, actually. I think at least as of right now, I mean, we'll see how the draft plays out. We'll see how free agency plays out. You know, we got to see all those things first. But as of right now, I like the Chargers. I think that Justin Herbert is going to be running shit for a minute over here. Unless Kansas City gets that offensive line right and keeps their defense at least intact, you know, I'm always going to – Be partial, I guess, to the Chiefs just because I've seen them do it a lot of years in a row now. But I think the Chargers, their time is coming. It might finally be this year.
1: Yeah, and we'll see. Uh, I'll say this. It is so funny how trades make us feel in the NFL every single trade draws this reaction from everybody it's like a tantalizing thing right Russell Wilson gets moved let's break down all of it and then you look at the intricacies of it Drew Locke Noah Fant Shelby Harris how did they come to those three people like that's a weird thing we talk about this trade Khalil Mack who I believe Khalil Mack was traded for three first not too long ago right, right like two years
0: ago I think three years ago maybe
1: I think it was longer than that. I think it was actually like four or five. That um, was
0: five years ago already?
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure, because that was Reggie McKenzie in in Oakland, and they, um, they've gotten rid of him, and they had started on the John Gruden train, and then they hired Mike Mayock, and Mike Mayock went a couple years, and now the whole thing ended last year. So I'm pretty sure Khalil Mack was traded in like, I might want to say like 2018. Let me look that up, actually. Um, but it's just – an interesting god i'm gonna type in cleo mac trade and the problem is i'm gonna get all of the crap from before um oakland uh 2018
0: it happened on september 1st 2018 yeah
1: so so there you go and that's one of the things that it's just so interesting we look at these trades and go oh man oakland got a lot in that trade oakland didn't actually do anything with those three not a fucking thing (laughs) <laughs> not a thing Khalil Mack's now getting traded again for what a second and a fifth
0: second this year six next year
1: so Khalil Mack has now been traded for three firsts, a second and a and a sixth fifth so it's just interesting how these players value shift turn change he's been dominant in Chicago they can't get over the hump now he's going to move to the Chargers and then there was one more trade mm. one more big trade yep
0: Oh, big. Uh, The word big is subjective, I guess.
1: Yeah, it is. Um, I think I'm using big because uh, the size of the space it's taking up in my brain trying to figure out what's going on (laughs) is big. (laughs) The trade itself is not that big, but the amount of questions I have is gigantic. Carson Wentz just got traded for a first-round pick from Philly to Indy. Now, some context. Frank Wright coached in Philly and loved Carson Wentz. Love Carson Wentz. The narrative last year began to change as soon as what always happens to Carson. The higher amount of pressure put on him, the shittier he is. The more likely he does something so heinously unique to him that it's unmistakably burned into your brain. Interceptions and fumbles that Carson Wentz makes are so hilariously bad that they burn a hole into your brain. It's like if I ask people, what do you remember about Matt Schaub? You're like the pick sixes. Matt Schaub had a really, really pro bowl career. And the Houston Texans were a good team for a while. But the only thing you can remember is how fucking hilarious it was when he threw like five pick sixes in a row. That
0: Matt Schaub-Arian Foster combo used to be dangerous.
1: Uh, Andre Johnson, Arian Foster, Matt Schaub, they had an offense. And they were rolling. It's hilarious that the only thing we remember him for is the pick sixes. And the only thing I think of with Carson Wentz is us – He's getting tackled in the backfield. He spins around out of it, stumbles to his feet, throws the ball to the defender anyway. That is like burned into my fucking brain.
0: That happens it, it, once per game. Whether the defender catches the ball or not is in question, but that scenario happens every single game.
1: Every game. It's, it's something so preposterously stupid and dumb that you can't quantify it. So, all that said, known, and a fact the Washington Commanders which i just they're a team that wears red and their nickname is now the Commies. I mean, what a fuck up. But they trade two third round picks, one this year, one next year, and a second round pick. So it's it's a third and a second and a 2023, 2023 third round pick that escalates to a second rounder if Carson Wentz plays 70% of his snaps. Very, very, very similar to the Indianapolis one where they said, oh, if Carson Wentz is going to play over like 80% of the snaps, then you, this upgrades from a second to a first rounder. He did. He played the whole year and it upgraded. Now, it hurt the Colts tremendously because they missed the playoffs. Hell yeah. The com- the commanders receive Carson Wentz and a set twenty twenty second, second round pick. So it's basically a pick swap for Carson Wentz plus two-thirds and potentially that third turn to a second. He has like a $28 million salary cap. So before we get into the trade, I did this with a group of my friends and I said, what quarterbacks, contract included, where would you take Carson Wentz? I came up with only six quarterbacks that I would take, like, I would take Carson Wentz over, salary included. Six. I I, I don't know why anyone would trade for this man. I, I, I just don't know it. Like, okay, let's go to the A- AFC East. Mac Jones, Tua Tunga-Vailoa, Zach Wilson, Josh Allen. Any of them you want... Carson Wentz over maybe Tua right
0: maybe Tua but I'll take Tua's upside
1: okay how about Baker or Carson
0: Ooh, see that's where it starts getting a little dicey uh Baker is less mistake prone so I'm gonna fuck yeah that that's that's the line right there I feel like
1: that's so so Daniel Jones or Carson I I think I
0: think I'm taking Carson
1: okay we go through. Here's another one. Stub your toe on this. Jared Goff or Carson Wentz?
0: The same guy.
1: So, okay, so like I'm taking Goff because I'm not. If in here's here's a deciding factor for me. If I'm taking both of them, if I have to watch Goff and he underperforms, occasion like on average, that's fine. Watching Carson Wentz turn the ball over in a critical game and doing some hula hoop bullshit where he bangs the ball off a defender's face mask. I can't tolerate. I I can't take it. I couldn't take it. So, you know, we're coming down to intangibles. And it's like, okay, so you finally get to a division where Carson Wentz would be pretty good in, in the NFC South. Kyle Trask or Carson Wentz, probably going Trask. Oh. Tastes. Right. Right. (laughs) Uh, Like, there's only one division left that he could possibly go to. We've only named, like, four quarterbacks. I'm, I'm taking Jameis Winston over him. How about that?
0: Oh yeah, I'm definitely taking Jameis.
1: Matt Ryan, easy. Uh, I'm taking I'm taking Carson Wentz over Sam Darnold. Yes. Okay. If I move over, I'm taking Carson Wentz over Drew Locke.
0: Yeah, I think Carson Wentz' sweet spot is probably around the the Teddy Bridgewater. You know, somewhere in that range, like, that's where I, I might start leaning Wentz a little bit. But uh, above that line, the Teddy Bridgewater, Baker Mayfield, you know, that, that tier, definitely not taking him any higher than that.
1: You are taking a bottom 20, like a bottom 7 to 8 quarterback. Why in the crimson fuck would you trade picks for him?
0: I don't really understand the move for Washington because I feel like this doesn't really move your needle at all. But it's going to prevent the, all. it's going to prevent them from getting that top three pick, you know, or the top five pick because yeah. at, Wentz is mistake prone and he fucks up all the time. But he can at least get you a. To an average team, you know, like you can be league average with Carson Wentz. I don't think you're ever going to be an elite contender with Carson Wentz, but you could be league average with Carson Wentz, which means he's never going to give you any playoff success. And he's also not going to allow you to draft his successor. So what, right. like, what's the angle here?
1: It's one year and then you're trying to find someone to take him for a fifth.
0: Right, right. Last year, a year ago, when the coach traded for him, we got on the pick and play show and we celebrated, or at least I celebrated, because I loved the news. It was exciting to me. It panned out exactly how I thought. But if last year I celebrated the news, this year I have to mourn the news, man. I I was really hoping, (laughs) (laughs) I was really hoping once we'd get a couple more seasons in Indy. I loved how it looked this season. Uh, he handed the Titans, personally handed the Titans a victory, at least one victory yes. uh, at, towards the end of the season. So Carson Wentz, I hate to see you leave. I, I like seeing Wentz back there way yeah. more than I like seeing Rivers back there. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm really sad about that. And, and that's, so, yeah, well, that's my thought on
1: that. So the last real thing is here. You're, you're sad to see Carson Wentz go, but I think the only teams that were like, oh, yeah, I would take the unknown over, you know, I would take the Carson Wentz over them. If we walk through this, there are a couple teams that need a quarterback right now, and there are like Deshaun Watson's an option, but we already walked through not many, like not an option for many. There are entire divisions not looking for a quarterback. In, like entire divisions, the AFC East is not looking for a quarterback. The NFC, the AFC North, I don't think is looking for a quarterback. The AFC West isn't looking for a quarterback. The NFC West, uh, the Giants said they're set for one more year, and I believe them. So maybe Philly, but Washington has theirs now. And the and the North, Kirk Cousins is available, so someone I could see him in Indy. Chicago's good. Detroit, we don't really know. They may just be set on rebuilding for another couple years. Tampa needs one, New Orleans needs one, Carolina needs one, Seattle needs one. There aren't any available. There, there aren't any quarterbacks available. Like, Kirk Cousins could move, and Russell Wilson could, I mean, uh, Watson could move. Jimmy, Jimmy, we, th- we, Jimmy G. G. Here's the thing. You're the 49ers. You can't give up Jimmy G.
0: I feel Where's it's almost supposed- guaranteed that Jimmy G's out of there, I think.
1: Where? What are you supposed to do? What if? What if? Uh, Trey Lance can't fucking play. What are you gonna do? Who are you gonna go get? I don't know, but you gotta find out though. Uh, like, and here's the problem: you don't have any draft picks to trade with anyone to get anybody. You don't have a draft in the first round.
0: Maybe that's even more of a reason why you trade Jimmy G.
1: Yeah. So you trade him, and then who's your quarterback? Like, uh, Jimmy's better than Teddy. Jimmy's better than all these other. It, it's it's a, a I think Jimmy's better than Carson.
0: Yeah, uh, they're similar tiers again. I, I saw rumors that Indy's looking to now add uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, which I would also welcome. I'll take that too. Honestly, I, I don't think that those two quarterbacks are that
1: different yeah, from each other. They're not. Jimmy can steer your offense off. Of, so, although Jimmy will throw picks when you when you when you definitely don't want it. Um. I just look at this and I go, I don't know who San Francisco... So San Francisco could go, hey, we're running this with Trey Lance. And fuck it. We're going to run like triple options with Debo Samuel, um, Mitchell, and Trey Lance. I don't know if that's the right choice,
0: but they have to do it, I think. If you give up as much as you give up to get Trey Lance, you got to put Trey Lance in the game.
1: And so, yes. And we're on year two. It's like, and we did not even seen him really. So, I I don't know. I, I look around and I go, where is everyone... There are contenders... That, well, at least people who fancy themselves as contenders that have no quarterback whatsoever. I mean, what the NFC South, Tampa, New Orleans, and Carolina do not have a quarterback. I mean, they, they don't have one that can throw. Taysom Hill can run the ball. That's fine. But it, it's interesting because there's going to be a lot of these teams. 13 and 4, Tampa went. No Tom Brady. Now, does Tom Brady come back with the 49ers on a cheap deal? That has been rumored heavily. The 49ers move Garoppolo, bring in Tom Brady, say, ah, that Trey Lance thing, fuck it. <laughs> Just fuck it. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I don't know, but it's an interesting thing. All right. NFL landscape will be constantly changing when we bring you updates, but a more current sport, the NBA, running hot. Leo, you've got a set of exercises for us to do, get the blood flow and calisthenics moving. What you got?
0: I do. I do have that but before we get into that I just I want to mourn I want to mourn today's date for a second because today should be the day that we get the legendary matchup between Ben Simmons and the and the Brooklyn Nets versus Joel Embiid and the Philadelphia 76ers. The game is today, March 10th, the day we've all been yep. waiting for. But now we have news that Ben Simmons officially will be on the bench but will not be yeah, participating in the game. Uh, so, uh, just pour one out for the potential because tonight could have been a legendary night and I'm still excited to see James Harden and Embiid go against Kyrie and KD. I am still excited. The game's in Philly, so we are going to see Kyrie. Uh, but I uh, just, just pour one out a little bit for the potential because it could have been so much juicier.
1: Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about a small brain move. You're like, well, I'm not going to make the Thursday game, but I'll play in the next one. It's like, oh, man. If, if anyone didn't know that you were softer than baby shit. Wait, is he supposed to play now. in the next game? I think he's coming back, like, early next week. Let me, let me check. Holy I, shit, last, no way. I know. Last <laughs> I saw, he was going to miss this game and then rejoin the team. That is so, – that's something. Yeah. So, um, it's just – yeah, let me see. Uh, Will Benson has played this year. What is it? Yeah. Um, Mental health and injuries. Uh, yeah, so that's everyone's talking about how he's not going to play against the 76ers, but then it's going to be any game. Like, after that, any game could come okay, out. Okay, so,
0: so I, I'm sure by the end of March, he'll be out there.
1: Yes. You know, as soon as as soon as soon all of those blockers come up, uh, clear out of the way. Jesus, I, I mean, how long can, on this topic, how long can Brooklyn hold out? I mean, they're going to be the ninth seed fighting for – they're going to have to win two play-in games.
0: Uh, well, we're going to talk a little bit later about what we think about their okay. their uh, okay. their status as a contender. But uh, to quickly answer, they're in trouble. They need to start winning games, like, soon because you want to be in that 7-8 matchup in the in the play-in. That way you really have two chances to make it in. You don't want to be in a one-loss-and-out one scenario uh, in that play-in. So they, they need to step it up. But moving on, we'll, we'll get back to that here in a little bit. So we're going to start off, we're going to have a little bit of fun. I was sitting here thinking, here. I was thinking about the young players in the league, not only the young players, but uh, some of the established young stars in the league. And I was just, you know, having a mental exercise of who would I rather start my franchise with if I had to choose. So I got some matchups here, I got some head to heads, and I'm curious who you would start your NBA franchise with today not you you're not getting the legacy of the player you're not getting what he did last season or in the playoffs the last two years you're getting them today as they are
1: okay so let's start off starting franchise starting your
0: friend you're building a team you want to win a championship and and you have to make a choice between these two players i want to know who you would start your nba franchise with and and it could be for whatever reason you want it to be i just want to know who you're picking yeah First matchup, we're going to start off juicy. There's there's no slouches in this game. Would you rather start your franchise with Ja Morant or would you rather start your franchise with Trey Young? Ja. Ja Morant. Oh, that was easy, too. You didn't hesitate. Easy. Tell me why. I don't like Trey. You don't like Trey. Trey
1: can't play defense, and Trey will never play defense. While Ja's defense isn't great, there's certainly room for him to improve. I think Ja's already the better offensive player today. Ooh.
0: That's
1: that's where I'm at, I don't think, like here's the thing, I, I, I would, I'd take him 10 out of 10. There's no scenario where I'm taking Trey Young over Ja. Okay. Ja's also more marketable.
0: Okay, I agree with you in that respect. I, I do think that Ja Moran is easier to get out to. We've already seen it. I mean, Trey Young's had a couple of fantastic seasons already, but he's not, yep. he's not the star that Ja is after this breakout season that he's having right now. Where I disagree with you, though, is that I don't think Ja Moran is a better offensive player than Trey Young. Trae Young can stretch that floor all the way out to damn near the logo. Uh, Trae Young's probably the best playmaker, if not top two, top three playmaker in the NBA right now in terms of creating baskets for his teammates. You got a good point when it comes to defense, though. Trae Young will never be a good defender, never at zero points in his career. Is he probably going to be a plus defender? I'm pretty sure he's the advanced metrics say he's like the Third worst defender in the NBA or something along those lines. Yeah. So you have a great point. Defense wins championships, and Trey Young will never be an elite defender. Um, but if I had to choose today, I'm going with Trey Young.
1: Yeah. Another thing that for me, I I uh, I, I really like. You know, it, it's I think Ja has more chance to get better and better and Brett better as he goes. And I look, not that Trey Young's maxed out, because that's wrong, but I just think Z- John's ceiling is much more higher as well. All right, give me the next one.
0: All right. Now, this one is a, it's currently an MVP battle, but it's two young bigs. They're both, I think, under 26 years old. Would you rather start your franchise with Nikola Jokic, or would you rather start your franchise with Giannis Antetokounmpo?
1: Oh, I thought you were going to go Embiid. I was like, you know, I'm just going to stick with Embiid. Uh, But that is fucking interesting. Um,
0: I picked Giannis and Jokic. They're both recent MVPs. You know, both young (sighs) seven-footers
1: felt like they were comparable. I'll tell you what. You picked a great one here. This is hot. I mean, the better offensive player— Is is Jokic.
0: You can say it. Don't Uh, hesitate. Jokic is the better offensive player.
1: Jokic is the better offensive player. Giannis' defense, though, is phenomenal. And we saw last year, even with a very good defensive team, I'm going Giannis. Giannis' energy, intensity. I thought you were
0: going Jokic.
1: I'm just, you know what flashed back in my head? What flashed back is Giannis in the finals, where he said, I will score every bucket. I will block any shot. I will be indomitable, and he won a championship. And that you know, we can talk about having second stars and third stars on your team. Middleton and Drew Holiday are good players. They are not all, all stars. They're not. And Giannis was able to bring them all the way through the East into the wet into the West and took out Phoenix for those reasons. I'm going Giannis. What about you?
0: I am also going to go Giannis, although I acknowledge that Jokic is the better offensive player. I mean, you got to respect Jokic's yep. game. He's one of the most elite players in the paint. He's, uh, he's a great shooter from the three-point line. He's creating better than any seven-footer that we've seen possibly in NBA history. And quietly, his defense has improved. Now, he's not the god that Giannis is on the defensive end, but his defense is at least uh, now at a respectable level. You can't, just, you can't just walk into the paint and go get a layup on Nikola Jokic. He will send your shit. He will. You know, he, he, he can play yes. a little bit down there now. He's not a slouch down there. So you can't just say that he's – it's not like the Trey Young argument where you're like, well, this guy can't defend. No, he can defend. He's just not Giannis. Yep. All that being said – I got to go with the Greek freak. The Greek freak's got to be my pick. Yeah. You know, he's coming off of a finals MVP. Gotta. Honestly, if we wanted to keep it 100, he could have won defensive player of the year the last, like, four years if, if the voters really yeah. wanted to do that. You know, they don't. They give it to Rudy Gobert, and they, you know, then they give it to Giannis. It, Embiid's probably going to get some love. But in all honesty, Giannis could have won defensive player of the year the last, like, four years. And, and this year yes. is the same thing. He's going to be All-NBA defense again. Defense wins championships. What's the lasting moment that we remember from last finals, the moment that we're probably going to remember for the next 15, 20, 30 years is that lob going up to Aiton and Giannis out of yeah. nowhere catching A yeah. in on the lob and getting that block no. to, to kick off the break. like th- That's just something we're going to remember forever as one of the epic plays. And, one of one. And it just shows the value of having a Giannis out there. And I, I, just, I think he's the best player in the league right now. I've been telling you that since last year. And it was a little hot takey last year. But I feel like people are slowly coming to my side on this. They're slowly coming he's, over.
1: He's tied for the most points per game in the league.
0: Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis with
1: Embiid. So this- and so, you know, ball's about the game's about getting the basket, the ball through the basket, and stopping the other team from doing that exactly. And Giannis is undoubtedly the best two-way player in the NBA.
0: Without a doubt, the best two-way player. Yeah. So, moving on. You mentioned Joel Embiid. You thought we were going to get a Jokic versus Embiid matchup. I thought that that was going to be too easy for you. Now, this one might be easy for you as well. I thought it was a fair matchup, but we'll see what you think. Would you rather start your franchise with the big man, Joel Embiid, the seven-foot Cameroon monster? I think he's from Cameroon, right? Not Nigeria? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Would you rather go with Joel Embiid, or would you rather start your franchise with Devin Booker?
1: Oh, Embiid.
0: Embiid easy.
1: Uh, yeah, I just, I like Devin Booker, and I think he's a walking bucket. I just think with Embiid, like, we're starting to see what you can get with Embiid with, like, Harden. And it's like, he is just, so I have a special place in my heart when I watch basketball for fouls. Let me me explain it a little bit because it sounds absolutely crazy. I think fouling another team's player out is such an underutilized thing in the NBA. Hunting someone that's a critical part of their team and fouling them out. Joel Embiid eliminates players from games. Eliminates them. In a seven-game series, a guy who is drawing fouls consistently and making his free throws... I think there's a critical element to the game of scoring points when the clock is stopped. And that's what Joel Embiid gives you more than, like, I think any other player. I I will admit that uh, Devin Booker is tantalizing, though, because that guy can just arc back and and shoot the moon out. What what do you think? I
0: don't know. This is a tough one for me. It's tougher than it looks on the surface, because uh, at at first glance, I want to jump out and say Joel Embiid easily. Right, because Joel yeah, Embiid, he's giving you all the offense. We know what he can do on defense. He just punishes and demoralizes teams in a way that not that many people in the NBA do right now. But when you think about Devin Booker, I mean, the last five seasons, he's up around 25, 26 points a game. He's stretching the floor out. Last season, we saw him elevate his team to a point where they're in the NBA Finals. And I know a lot yep. of people are going to give credit to Chris Paul, uh, credit is due to DeAndre Ayton, but the the best player on that team is Devin Booker. Yes. And so, coming off of a finals performance, they're currently sitting at the number one seed in the NBA by a healthy margin, a very healthy margin, and he's been missing his sidekick for Chris Paul for a little bit now.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: I just think he's still only 25 years old, like.
1: It, yeah, that's the big thing. 25. He's only
0: 25, and he's he just came off of a finals appearance where he lost because he played Giannis, given one of the all-time great performances yeah. that we've ever seen. Like he, he could very well be a champion, a best player on a championship team at the age of 25. So I just, I think it's tough. That that one's a toss up for me. Uh, I'm gonna go with MB just because you know I love the defense. The defense is just, it's, it's tantalizing. And, yeah. and as, as good as Booker is on offense, Embiid is still giving you every bit of the offense, but he's also giving you the defense. So I'm going to go with Embiid. I just wanted to make a little case for Booker because I, I didn't want to dismiss yeah. him too easily.
1: And here's another point to the free throw. There are two players in the NBA averaging more, honestly, averaging more than eight free throws a game. Free throw attempts a game. There are two players. Who are they? Hit eight. me. Giannis and Embiid. That makes sense. Giannis. And here's the thing. That's two people over eight. Joel Embiid is 11.7. Shit. And Giannis is 11.4. Is they're, they're essentially giving the other team two more fouls than anybody else you have on your team. And I think that's real critical. Like, when I watched that Knicks game... And Joel set out to foul out both of their centers. And then once they did, the game was unattainable. They couldn't get rebounds and the game ended. And I think when you're constantly getting fouled out of games, like there's no option when it comes to playoff time. Joel Embiid's going to play 30, 35, 36 minutes. And if you foul him, which you're going to have to because you don't have a matchup for him, what happens when you don't have a fucking center? You're dead. I mean, James Harden is going to pick and roll your eyes out.
0: I can't wait to see them in the playoffs. I need to see this.
1: And, I mean, that's what you're going to get. And it's a hammer. I mean, 11.7 a game. Probably three or four of those are and ones, and the rest are fouls he misses. That's the other thing. These fouls, he's often finishing. So he's getting fouled and scoring, and I just think that's such a crazy aspect to bring to the table. And I think it's underutilized, and I don't think it's talked about enough. The ability to put another player in foul trouble, getting him three or four four fouls before half, is, is troubling. You, you can't play the same way. You're going to get targeted. And with James Harden there, I just for now, I'm going to go on for my my I'm overflowing right now with the 7'6", seven, 76. So <laughs> okay. I'll so
0: we both up. went with Embiid there. All right. So we're going to go with a, a, young, a young fella matchup. We got Anthony yep. Edwards or LaMelo Ball.
1: Ooh. I'm doing Ball. Ball looks awesome. Ball just looks awesome. I think he's cool. Anthony Edwards is great, too. God damn. There's a lot of talent in the NBA. Um,
0: see, I think fuck. it comes down to what kind of style, I guess, you prefer. Yeah. Because LaMelo Ball's game is definitely prettier. You know, he's got the finesse package down. He's got the oh, floaters. He's got the nice, pretty finishes around the rim, the deep three-point shot. We know about the the highlight assist that we see on uh, House of Hoops or uh, – you know, whatever Instagram page that's playing the highlights. But then uh, Anthony Edwards is that big physical, like, I'm going to go through you, not around you type, you know, and it just comes down to a style thing. I think I prefer Anthony Edwards because I like that, you know, I like that big perimeter guy who's, you know, 6'6", 6'7", kind of plays the bully ball a little bit, wants to get on the rim and dunk on your head. Uh, You know, the advanced stats probably say that LaMelo Ball is probably creating more production and wins and value for his team. Definitely recognize that. But it's just more exciting watching Anthony Edwards for me. Uh, For me. Uh,
1: I just damn that that one is really good because you are right it is all about what kind of style you want ball being a facilitator running the offense anthony edwards wants to run the offense through you you know what though anthony edwards has a mentality that you cannot manufacture
0: right it's just a dog
1: he's just a fucking dog and he knows he's a dog like if you tell that guy to eat, that guy eats. If you tell LaMelo Ball to eat, I'm not sure he eats.
0: Right, right. You know, I've, I think. I'm flipping. I'm flipping.
1: Ah, I'm I got flipping. him. I got him. I'm, I'm flipping. I'm over see, here. my got thing
0: there. with LaMelo is that he's, he's already a star, you know, and I think that he, he's got yeah. a bright future. He's going to sell a lot of jerseys. He's probably going to be a lot of kids' favorite player for the next, like, 10, 15 years. Um, but I just don't know if I see him being the number one on a championship team. You know, like if if I try to imagine his peak, I don't know if I picture him putting the franchise on his back and, and being that guy. Whereas with Anthony Edwards, if I imagine the ideal peak, we're looking at like a 30-32 per game score, you know, so one of those perimeter guys that just can't be stopped like a Kawhi or, a, you know, Paul George, you know, one of those type of perimeter scores. And that guy might be able to be the number one guy on a championship team. So although LaMelo is probably better today on March 10th, I think I'd start my franchise with Anthony Edwards.
1: I agree with you. I'm going, Edwards. You won yeah. me. That was, you know, I just thought about the mentality – how could I not like the fucking dog? You know?
0: Exactly. exactly. You got to go with the dog. Not that LaMelo doesn't have any dog in him. I'm sure he does. But Anthony Edwards, you could see. You, could, like, you can tangibly see the dog coming off of him.
1: You, yeah. It, you know when it's uh, cold outside and you're running hot and you can see the Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's, That's his LaMelo dog. Netflix. Not <laughs> LaMelo. That's Anthony Edwards and his dog. It's just like you're like, ooh, okay. I feel it. Like, Lamella would probably be more laid back to go smoke and drink with. 100%. Anthony Edwards probably gets you in trouble.
0: (laughs) All right, so I had a couple more here, but for the sake of time, we're going to skip ahead to the the main event here and the highlight matchup that I have for you. Would you rather start your franchise with – now, a couple months ago, or even at the beginning of the season, this might not have been a close discussion, but I think as of today, it's very close. Would you rather start your franchise with Luka Doncic or would you rather start your franchise with Jason Tatum? Luka. Luka. Okay, tell me why. I
1: I, I was ready for you to give me the Tatum. Um, I, I There were actually – I thought you were going to fucking make me go uh, Tatum or Embiid, and I was going to be like, oof, that's a tough one because uh, Tatum is really good. I think when you look at Luka um, – so, I think he can put the same amount of buckets up as Tatum, but Tatum will never be the facilitator Luca is. Now, I think you could probably make an argument that Tatum's a better defender. Oh, no,
0: well, you, you couldn't probably make the argument. argument. I am yeah, about yeah, to make the argument, but it. go ahead. Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Um, but I think, you know, when Luca went head-to-head with Kawhi and Paul George, uh, that was absolutely we're talking about dog you don't see it out of luca but that guy fucking hates the clippers and if i got that attitude for like 10 minutes out of tatum i'd probably take tatum but i haven't seen that at all so i'm going luca
0: okay that's fair and that's probably the expected answer and that's probably the the popular answer
1: yep that being said give it to us man
0: give me jason tatum
1: Oh, that's you got it. You got, it, you, got it, you got it. You have to defend yourself. I'm
0: taking Jason Tatum. Let me tell you why. One, first off, most importantly, Jason Tatum has made it out of the first round of the NBA playoffs. I just want to throw <laughs> that out there to you. He's God. done it multiple times. Yeah. He was actually yeah. a game seven away from beating LeBron James and going to the NBA finals a few years ago. So off top, I'm going to go with the guy that's actually won something in the playoffs, unlike Luca, who's put up great stats and lost twice. Fair. When it comes to defense, <laughs> when it comes to defense, yeah. they both got the build to be able to, you know, be that lockdown defender that the team needs to be the point of attack defender uh, that's so important once you get to the playoffs since things start to get to a little more iso ball. But Luka doesn't show any kind of drive willingness, uh, appetite for the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I think when you see Luka most often,
1: you're, you're very—you right. don't
0: ever see him at the point of attack on defense. Uh, yeah. You you normally see him guarding the guy that's spotting up in the corner, the guy that's not really a threat to do anything. You know that that, that. <laughs> and maybe it's because he's got such a big load on offense that he's just got to chill out a little bit on defense. You know, maybe that's the case. But Jason Tatum. At least this season, under Ime Udoka, is like a new player defensively. He's taken on, yeah. he, he took on Kevin Durant a couple of nights ago, and kind of, I don't want to say he shut him down, but he slowed him down. He, did well. he slowed him down. Yeah, we don't.
1: And he scored what fifty? Yeah,
0: on top of scoring fifty.
1: <laughs> on top of you, you, these are very valid. Uh, I, you know, it's tough. Uh, damn it! See, this is the problem I have with the NBA. These players are so different, and they bring such a unique thing to a game. A five-on-five game has so many ridiculous matchups and outcomes in it that when you start breaking down the players, you can really fall in love with these intangibles, like we're talking about with Tatum and then Luka. I mean, Luka. It's Luka we're talking about. and I mean, it's kind of crazy because Luka was regarded as kind of like the next— you know the next guy but when we look at it and as you're breaking these matchups down depending on how you honestly feel you could have Luca as your number 1 player to build a franchise around or could end him up around 10 and I think you'd have a good case regardless
0: yeah I'm with you I'm going to make one more case for Jason Tatum uh, and this is a stat that you take with a grain of salt because when it comes to rating numbers you don't really know how it's calculated and you know it, it could just get iffy with the advanced stats but According to Statmuse, Jason Tatum has the best defensive rating by a wing defender this season in the NBA with a 104.8 rating. Now 104.8, I don't know what that number means. you know, I don't know how they calculate that number, but the metric is saying that Jason Tatum is the best defender on the wing in the league this season. So if you're giving me best defender on the wing in the league-type defense and you're giving me the 30 points he's given you lately on offense,
1: uh, I'll take Jason Tatum. I know. I know. know. You're talking about, like, you know, when people talked about Clay, they would rave about his shooting, but then they would really seriously – say well the thing is you get with clay as one of the premier defenders in the nfl uh, nba now with tatum you're talking about a 40 to 50 point score when he needs to be plus one of the top defenders so uh, maybe the top defender obviously those stats come jaded, but the reason those stats are jaded is again It's subjective. So if you said he was the best wing defender You would have facts to back you up if you said he wasn't you would not have facts to back
0: exactly you up. And so we wanted to dive into the ascension of Jason Tatum anyway, so we might as well jump right into him uh, let over the last 20 games. I just want to spit out some stats for you over the last 20 games Jason Tatum has led the Boston Celtics to wins over Philly, Denver, Memphis, and Brooklyn with Kydy. K- K- <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's their, that's that's their, their like, new nickname. Super form. <laughs> yeah. Brooklyn with KD and Kyrie. Uh, so they've had some big-time wins over the last 20 games. Over that stretch, Jason Tatum's Averaging 30 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists on 50-39-87 shooting splits. So that's 50% from the field, 39% from three, 87% from free throw. As we know, the 50-40-90 club is the exclusive for the elite shooters and efficiency guys in the league. So he's elite on offense over the last 20 games. Uh, the Celtics are 17-3 and three during that stretch. And it's been largely on the back of his scoring and his improved playmaking. I mean, five assists per game for Tatum. I know five assists. You're not looking at it like, ooh, this guy's fucking Chris Paul out there. But for a wing scorer, which is what he is, he's not a creator. He's a wing scorer. Five assists is pretty good. You're doing a good job moving the ball when you need to. Yes. And so the playmaking, we already talked about the best defense, or he's got a high defensive rating amongst the best in the league. Where does this put him? I mean, it, it, is he making a leap into maybe a top 10 debate, uh, a top 12 debate? Like, it, or I, I think he's arrived. We've reached the point where he's arrived. He's here. We're going to see it in the playoffs. I think that's when the whole country is going to realize it. Uh, but it, is he, But does he belong in that top 10 conversation now, I guess, is what I'm trying to go for.
1: I think that he undoubtedly does. I mean, look—if you're taking him over Luca, then it's unequivocal. Oh, I know Luka's what my answer is. Yeah, yeah. Well, how do you not like? And let's—we can do this. Let's go through real quick. Let's see where you would start to separate. I'm going to pick players around the ten mark. Would you rather have him or, uh, honestly, there's not really anyone I would put him around in this ten mark. Uh, Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell—that's kind of who like the. You know, eight, I would think is like maybe 10 and 11 in the NFL. And, and yeah,
0: give me Tatum over both of them easily.
1: What about Trey Young?
0: Yes, give me Tatum over Trey Young. Ja. Yes, give me Tatum over Ja.
1: Yeah, I think those are all easy answers. I think the tough answers for him, and we're talking about best player like right now. Right, right, right so, today. You know, so I think the players that you could contemplate are better than him Giannis, Joel. LeBron James, Luka, depending on how you want to come down on that, and Jokic. And only, I think, Jokic, LeBron, Giannis, and Embiid you could clearly make an argument Steph? for. What Steph? What about Steph? Steph has been <sighs> – this is so tough. Um, I'm just not putting him up there. I'm taking Jai over Steph.
0: Mm, okay. Yeah, I'm saying ta- I'm He's taking Steph taking over Tatum thing. over Ja. I'm taking I'm taking okay. him over there. He-, he can break a whole defense if he really wants to and if if Draymond was out there to be the engine to their offense that he is, then I think we'd be seeing Steph 40-point bombs, 40-50 point bombs. The ones that we were seeing at the beginning of the year, they just need Draymond yeah. out there.
1: So to that point, we're saying that Steph needs other players to create now.
0: Mm, I see where you're going with it.
1: Uh, you know, uh, that that's my thought right now, right? So if we're going to say that he's slumping, but but just wait. When they get Draymond back, that offense is going to go. Don't we hold a lot of these teams, like a lot of these players, we say, oh, what makes them so good is their ability to create their own offense?
0: It's true. It's true. Now, Steph and Tatum, they're separated by less than a point per game uh, when it comes to the averages, so they're right there with each other. But I I get your point, for sure.
1: So that's kind of where I'm at with it.
0: Okay, and so that takes us into our next discussion. So closing out the Jason Tatum discussion, I got one last question for you. Now that he... It looks like he's ascended. I mean, 20 games is a large sample size. That's about a fourth of the season. So uh, we're going to say that it's real. 17-3 and three during that stretch. Is Boston a real contender in the East? Meaning, uh, we're going to put a, a definition on contender. That way it's clear. I'm going to label contender any team that has a chance of either making the Eastern Conference or Western Conference Finals or making an NBA Finals run. If you can't get to the Conference Finals, you're not a real contender.
1: So, I think every team in the East that's going to make the playoffs minus three teams has a chance. to That's a contender. Um, I, I <laughs> The three teams I don't think have any chance of competing are the Chicago Bulls, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and uh, t- whoever makes it either Toronto or Charlotte or Atlanta. I think Brooklyn could win the title. I think Boston could win the title. I think Philly, Milwaukee, and Miami can. I think there are five teams. I think undoubtedly with the way you know if you have a 50 point player on your team yeah you you have a shot (laughs) you know that's how I look at it I'm like yeah how could you not
0: I'm with you and Jalen Brown Brown still has a pulse he's still over there
1: Jalen he is he is I know they got a good team and they've been playing defense and that was really their problem I mean I really I really think that they have I think they have a lot of contenders and and I I think that's fine. Like, I, I, I think the East is going to be an absolute bloodbath. I think that people are going to pick the fuck on the Bulls. And people getting excited about the Bulls. Calm down. We've seen DeRozan in the playoffs. All right? Like, calm down. Calm the fuck down. I mean... Where do you think? You think anybody else on that list?
0: Oh uh, well, I mean, I had a full list here, and I had a, a several Eastern Conference teams, but you answered all of them in one swipe. Uh, so, okay, <laughs> you're, yeah. you're good. So you're you're saying that Boston, Brooklyn, Miami, Philly, Milwaukee. Milwaukee, yeah, those are all. Cont- yeah. I didn't have Milwaukee on my list because they're undoubtedly a contender. But yeah. b- basically, everyone in the top half of the East, you're saying it could could end up winning the championship.
1: Yeah, I, I don't I don't see any reason why not. Right.
0: I don't know if we can look at Brooklyn as championship contenders.
1: Mm. Yeah, like. I mean, Drummond's going to be a problem. It's
0: just name value, <laughs> I feel like. An That's the reason why yeah. uh, why, we give, or we, why we give Brooklyn this kind of status is because they have KD and they have Kyrie. But nothing on the court, like the product, actual basketball, is showing that they should be taken seriously. So I, I'm a little iffy. I'm getting iffy on them. I'm starting to get to that end of the spectrum where I'm like, I don't know about these guys.
1: Well, they got back KD and they still aren't winning. Exactly. I think that's the problem. It's like, well, you're kind of playing the teams that are playoff teams, and you can't win. Like, I think we need to be honest about this Ben Simmons trade in a way. Here's your final – first, Ben Simmons cannot, cannot be on the court in the final eight minutes of any game. He can't. Unless he can make free throws at 60%, he cannot be on the court. You
0: would think that he's going to be,
1: though. Right. So – what you know that's not good so then Seth Curry is a player you can end you know have on have on your team at the end of a game we saw it now Seth Curry is not a good defender right you can have him on the court
0: but on the other end at the end of the game the other team's running a pick and roll specifically to get Seth Curry in the action
1: so you know I might be coming around to your side here because so here's my here's my final eight minutes it's Ben Simmons, which is a target offensively. Seth Curry, who is a target offensively. Kyrie, who is a target offensively. And Drummond, who is a target offensively. Where are you getting any reprieve on defense? I... Damn, man, you're probably right here. Like,
0: yeah, I, I'm putting up. Brooklyn in the contender, but or I'm sorry, in the pretender bucket until I see Ben Simmons. I guess Ben Simmons' okay. level of play could change my opinion, but as of right now, without having seen it, I'm I'm calling them pretenders because I would not put any yeah. amount of money on Brooklyn winning a championship right now. They don't look good, even with their players. No, they, they don't, don't look, look good. good. And in the playoffs, they're, they're gonna be a little small. Like, you're going to have Patty Mills on the court. You're going to have Seth Curry on the court. You're going to have Bruce Brown on the court. None of these guys are Kyrie. Kyrie on the court. Like, there's a lot of candidates to to get picked on in Pick a late-game si- late situation. There's a lot of guys that you could get involved in as an offense go, yeah, I like my chances of getting a bucket here.
1: Uh, I mean, you can just – like, how are you going to stop someone like Giannis or Joel Embiid? You're – What's your answer? You're not.
0: They couldn't last year. That's part of why they lost. I mean, I know KD's toe on the line and if they would have been healthy yeah, and all Jesus. those things. But ultimately, they lost because they couldn't stop Giannis.
1: No, and that's where I'm like, so when we... Yeah, I think you're talking me out of it because the name brand value is there with KD and Kyrie. But... It, you know, when you look at their final eight, it's like so is Patty Mills then taking minutes at the end of a game.
0: And, and he'd be fine on offense taking minutes at the end of the game. The problem is yeah, when you go to the play end play of the play court, play right, it, immediately it's going to be get, make sure Patty Mills is guarding whoever has the ball and go to work.
1: Like, so here's the option. You're running down the court. You're James Harden, Joel Embiid. In front of you is Andre Drummond, Seth Curry, Ben Simmons – you're just trading out of wherever Ben Simmons is and then slam dunking it in their face <laughs> like you know and it i don't understand yeah you're right how are they going to play a lick of fucking defense
0: they're not i mean i don't see they're how they, they don't have defenders you know what i mean like most of their guys are offensive yeah. they're, they're shooters you know they're guys that can fill it up on offense but they don't ben simmons is going to be their best defender and after ben simmons it gets rough very quickly
1: so, Ben Simmons, like, like, so, okay, end of the game, comes down. They foul Ben Simmons. He goes to shoot two shots. He misses both. You, you can't keep him out there. You can't keep the ball out of KD and Kyrie's hands. And they can essentially do that. I don't know. This may be an absolute flub for Brooklyn. We'll find out. What did you have on the West side? Do you have anything over there? On
0: the West, yes. Uh, I got one. I got two that I think are pretty interesting because they're they're very polarizing teams depending on who you talk to. Let yeah. first, let's go with the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets, they're they're becoming a popular pick. Their odds are starting to rise a little bit because there's rumors that uh, Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray might be back by the time the playoffs start. Now, a lot of times you'd say, yeah, but they need to build chemistry. Yeah, these guys have chemistry. They've played together for a couple years now, so that's not too big of a worry. But they got to get in game shape. It's true. They do have to get in game shape. Murray hasn't played in over a year or in about a year, and and MPJ's been out for a couple months now. So do you view the Nuggets, if healthy, let's say that they do get their guys back uh, a week before the playoffs start? Do you think that the Nuggets are contenders? Can they make that conference final, finals on the back of Jokic?
1: Who in the West scares you?
0: Phoenix, I guess.
1: Chris Paul's got a broken hand. Might be back in time for the playoffs. Looks like he will in what what format. The West is wide open unless Chris
0: Paul is hurt. If chris Paul well, if Chris Paul is healthy then I guess Phoenix is the only team that you say hands down, like you should be afraid of this team, yeah,
1: yeah, but that's the whole thing, like look at this playoff. does anybody in this playoff format and I'll read through it have more than one bona fide offensive player superstar Memphis, no Golden no. State, Utah, no. Dallas, no. Denver.
0: Mm, not unless Jamal Murray comes back and looks amazing.
1: Right. That So that's why you would be in on the Nuggets.
0: So you got them in your because contender bucket?
1: I do. Yep. And I have them 12 to 1 to come out of the e- the West. I took that like beginning of the Ooh. year. I took that because I thought that Murray and all of them would be back by now. <laughs> um, I really don't like it the closer I'm getting to it. Because the fucking if they come back, it's one of those stories where they're like, Oh man, they came back for the playoffs, here they go. And I'm like, Yeah, but they haven't played together literally in a year. Like there's going to be like he hasn't played in a year. He's just gonna come back and be Jamal Murray. I don't think so. Not off an ACL. So that's where I'm at. I I, I wish they would have came back sooner. I would have felt more confident.
0: As of right now, the opening playoff matchup for Denver would be Golden State. And that would be very interesting because Golden State does not have anything to deal with Jokic at at no. all. They have nothing. At nothing all. at all to deal with Jokic. And I'd be very interested to see what that matchup looks like. But I'm gonna call Denver a pretender. Um Okay. And I, I'm really going off history. Like, I feel like Denver does this every year where they're you know, they they're a highly they're ranked, ranked team and you're like, Ooh, Denver, yeah. is it time? And then it's not time. Uh, I'm just gonna assume that this year is gonna be much of the same, and and you know they're gonna fizzle That's out in the first safe. or second round. That's what I'm going with when it comes to Denver.
1: That is exceptionally safe and smart.
0: <laughs> so I got two more teams here for you, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, w- next we'll go with the Dallas Mavericks. Are the Dallas Mavericks contenders or are they pretenders in the West? They're currently tied with Denver uh, in the five six seed. They're currently they're the five seed.
1: I think that the thing that sets the Mavericks apart is they actually are playing great defense. And if they can get into playoff scenarios and bog things down, that Luka could take over games. But is going to have to play like LeBron James did uh, in his run in first with Cleveland where he was just dominating. But the biggest problem that Luka can't do is Luka can't dominate the defensive side of the court like LeBron can. Facts. And so, and, and so people talk about the NBA is the only sport I know where defense is quite literally never never discussed when we talk about the. Defense. I hate it, like it I hate that out. shit I know but it's the truth no one talks about defense oh man Luka can put up the numbers like LeBron can yeah but Luka ain't chasing your ass down as you run down the court jumping up and smashing the ball off the backboard like a volleyball player in the I had
0: people telling okay. me last year for the last couple of years that Luka was a better basketball player than Giannis and it made me want to throw my, my phone out so the window stupid. throw my computer out the it's window so
1: it's uneducated. It just is. Like, you're just going, oh, but the offensive side of the court. Giannis scored, f- like, what did he do? Like, 45 back-to-back in the finals, something that had, like, never been done since. It was, it was but, godly so in the do, finals. So what do you want? Because he uh, he he has, and he has proven that he is a better offensive player than Luka. Period. And a higher vault, and higher stakes. And he's unequivocally – you don't even mention Luka and Giannis in the same stratosphere in defense. No. So, you know, I, I, I think that's all crazy. Could Luka take that team out of there? The truth is no because they're going to, at the end of the day, break down like they normally do, probably against a team that's deeper than them and can get through their rotations faster. And I think it's going to be tough on Luka to go, hey, carry us for seven straight games again. Against superior opponents, if they could get okay, if they could get someone in a first round matchup, who would they be right now? Okay, perfect. If they got Utah, they could beat Utah.
0: Okay, right now that would be their matchup.
1: Yep. If they got Utah, they could beat Utah. But if Denver slides up and they move down and it's Denver's Golden State, I don't think so. I don't think they can beat Golden State. Now, if Draymond's still hurt, and I'll tell you what, Clay is not very good defensively. No, we're
0: we're not, not talking about that right that. now. But but we're yeah, Leave, leave we're Clay saying. alone. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, and it makes sense. Yeah, I'm going the other end. Uh, I say that Dallas is a contender. And Ooh. I say they're a contender for two reasons. One, out of every team in the conference, they have the best defense. Uh, and that, I think, is going to translate to the playoffs. Uh, you should be able to, even if the shooting is cold, you should be able to carry over your defense because that's all effort and communication, right? The other end of it, though, is that in any given series in the West, and this is where you kind of notice how weak the West has gotten all of a sudden, in any given series, Luka being the best player in that series is not out of the question. Like, Who could they play in the West that could give you a better, or that has a better matchup than Luka Doncic? It's not Phoenix. I'll I'll take Luka over Devin Booker and Chris Paul. It's not Memphis. I'll take Luka over Ja. It's not Golden State unless Draymond comes back and looks like Draymond, in which case it's Golden State. But who else in the West has a player that you think could easily outdo a Luka? I don't think that that player exists.
1: Easily? No. You know what would be hot? It's kind of weird, but if the Lakers could just hang in there and get a game against Dallas, I think that would be cool.
0: If Dallas fell into the plan, they're currently. Let's see. Uh, There are only two and a half games up on the plan. I guess it's within the realm of possibility. I mean, when it comes to Luka, the only guys right now within range that you could say would scare Dallas is probably the Clippers. If Kawhi and Paul George are back and there's starting to be some rumblings that Kawhi might be ramping up a little bit. Uh, Yeah, that's Very weird, but... I mean, they're in range to make the playoffs, so maybe he'll show up right here at the end. Uh, and then the Lakers, but the Lakers look like shit. So, I mean, the, uh, LeBron James definitely would want a piece of Luka, but it, the Lakers look like ass, so that's not something that they need to worry about. So, in any series... A player like Luka, yeah. In any series, Luca could be the best player on the court, and the best player on the court always has the advantage in my eyes.
1: Yeah, yeah I agree with you. I, I can't, I can't, I can't deny that. And Luka is a special fucking player. I mean, what did we just put him like seven, eight overall? He's, he's top ten, so top ten easy. Vegas. And
0: a, a big chunk of the top I mean, ten Hambrich is Jokic over Jokic's in the Jokic. East right now. So
1: yes, and him versus Jokic would be hot though. That'd exactly.
0: Nice. So we're gonna round it out with one more team before we get out of here: contender or pretender? The Golden State Warriors. They started off looking pretender. Like, ooh oh okay spicy let me hear it why uh, they do I look mean, like shit lately I'll, I'll give you that
1: here's what we yeah and and so here's what we're asking i'm gonna go to what charles barkley said old people do not get healthy they die <laughs> and so when aha, here's what you're asking of golden state and here's all the ifs you have to make by the way curry looks like shit right now too so, what you're saying, and Wiseman has been, no one knows what's happening with Wiseman, by the way. I think way. he re injured so, his
0: injury or the, the recovery didn't go as planned or something to that effect.
1: Yeah, sure. You know, just something. Something didn't happen. Uh, the Golden State Warriors are a team full of people either injured or waiting to be injured. Right now, we're waiting on Draymond. If I, if I get this correct, we're waiting on Draymond Greens back to heal. Yeah,
0: yeah. Back? yeah. I believe that's accurate. Back.
1: His back. Is back. Okay. So we're talking about a yeah, I'm talking about a guy that averages about eight points. A thirty-some year old with a back criti- injury, <laughs> and he's critical to their offense. <laughs> uh-huh. Clay Thompson can't play any defense. No shit, he's got two bum legs now. His jump shot also hasn't returned yet. So and and Steph Curry is playing bad. So what you're asking out of the Golden State Warriors is this: Draymond Green gets healthy and starts playing like the old Draymond Green. Clay Thompson. Gets healthy and starts playing like the old Kelly Thompson. Steph Curry starts getting healthy and playing like the old Steph Curry. And I think we can safely say, unless all three of those things happen, they don't really have it. Uh, so that's where I'm at. Pretend I'm
0: with you. In the month of March, actually, I'm sorry. In the March, in the month of February, um, the last you know complete month that we had, I'm gonna give you some Steph numbers here. Steph is at about 24 points a game, uh, shooting 48% from the field, 36% from three. It uh, shows decline. I mean, maybe not decline. Decline is probably the wrong word, but a little slump. No, it, it's, it's decline. good, It's, it's good decline. numbers, but it's not Steph numbers.
1: It's just how many injuries and at what point do they start to matter, Right? And you are a team right now that has bad legs and bad backs. I just can't think of two worse injuries for a basketball player. Oh, your legs are shot. Oh, your back's shot. Oh, no, no. Those are both. They're just going to have no problem as soon as you get into playing very intense basketball every other night against another team playing very intense basketball. I just, sorry. You had a really fun run. It is over. Ooh. You have players like Kaminga who are going to come in, and and I think Kaminga could be great. Wiseman looked good. Now he's an unknown. Uh, you have Curry. You have Clay. How much longer is Draymond going to be able to keep this together? If he's your backbone, and his backbone is literally broken. I don't know what you look. Yeah, I don't know what you look like there. That that's just you know. And here's the truth of it. Here are the other fucking stars in this, in this conference. Devin Booker, John ja Morant, Donovan Mitchell, Luka Doncic, Nikola Jokic, Anthony Edwards. They are all much younger than you. All of those teams are. I, I just don't know where it gets better for you. This is like that fade into the sunset where they settle into like the fourth, fifth, or sixth seed every year. Um, and, and they're just exciting in the first round because you're hoping they get hot shooting, but that shooting won't last, and because it won't last, th- that's the end of it. You know, Kevon Looney is fun. He's a fun player. I don't fucking get the hype for him. I don't fucking get it. So what? He plays really good in that system, and he doesn't play above himself. Uh, who gives a fuck? Congrats. Congrats on knowing that you're a low-ceiling player like and play within that limitation. But I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand what makes that team, like, go. I don't see it. And when you're like Draymond Green's the linchpin for this offense, I just, I'm out on it. I'm out. I'm hard out, actually.
0: I came into this little exercise prepared to say that the Golden State Warriors were contenders despite this little cold streak that they've been on lately. But you just talked me out of it, to be honest with you. I mean, all of what you're saying makes sense. They're not a young team. They've suffered through injuries. They're suffering through injuries. Uh, Two of their three main guys are banged up. One of them's playing his way back into shape. The other one's missed the last couple months. I guess if if I was going to call them a contender, it would be on the back of exactly what you said, that hope that they get into the playoffs and then those jumpers start falling and then they look like the team that they looked like before. You kind of... You just made me see the light. I think you shone the light on on something that I was trying to be blind to on purpose.
1: How, how, like, and here's another thing, how hot do they have to get to beat some of these teams? Like, they have to get really hot. The thing that we're not talking about is I don't know if their defense is going to be able to hold up. It's true. Curry has never been a good defender. Clay has lost significant steps, and it's fair. Like, some people have this this thing where they're like, oh, well, you know, he's coming back from injury. I'm like, yeah, so what? I can't say he sucks on defense. You know no, I mean? no, you like, can't when it comes to Clayton. To- you shut your mouth. Yeah, I damn know. it. I know, exactly. And, and that's fair. And that is truthfully fair. It's Clay and Clay's a god. But it's like, okay, but I can't keep looking in the mirror and going, nah, they'll be back. And, and you're like, why do you think they'll be back? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I think they've been banged up now for like three years. Like they've been banged up and the truth is they've been banged up since KD got hurt there. They've banged up that's when Clay got hurt. They've really been banged up now for like 3 4 years.
0: Right. Can so, we talk this recklessly about them though? I mean, they're tied for second in the conference despite everything that we just said. They're tied for second. And I mean, they're they're 8 games out of first place, which is a lot. They're definitely not going to make up that gap, but they're in second right now, tied for second.
1: Yeah. I hear you. I just I don't know. What do you what do you feel like when I look at this for like a feel?
0: I just thought that Draymond I, I, for a while now Draymond's been the the spoon that stirs the cup. You know what I mean? Like he's not Curry might be the water, Clay might be the the sugar packet that you throw in there, but you got to stir it together with something and I think Draymond is how you stir the drink. And so they need him out there to look like them. Without Draymond, because Draymond facilitates a lot of the offense. They throw it into Draymond. They do their little cut screen actions. Draymond finds the guy. The guy gets an open three. He hits it. That's a lot of their offense. And so without Draymond, it's like Curry comes down the court, tries to do a little sum. If he can get open, he'll shoot it. If not, he'll pass it. Clay, you know. It's just there's not as much organization. It's just a lot of guys shooting shots. So I think Draymond is who gets them organized, and I just feel like if Draymond gets back and he's healthy, then they're going to look good again, but now you talk me out of it because he's a 30-some-year-old with back issues, and, and that's what it comes down to at the end of the day, right? He's got a lot of miles now at this point, he's played a lot of basketball, and now his back hurts, and... And so his know, back hurting, is like, it's, it's worrisome. Uh, if this was like a hand injury, an ankle, a shin, yeah. a foot, you know, but back, like, that sounds tough.
1: Yeah, and that's so for those reasons, I'm out on them. And I'll go down on that hill, I'm fine with yep, that. Yep, I think I, 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 I got to put him
0: in the contender, or I'm sorry, the pretender bucket. I got to do it, you convinced me. You talked me off my, my ledge.
1: All right. I think that does it for us. Um, I'll leave everyone with one thing. There are two teams Leo for a quick trivia. There are two teams next year in the NFL that have 40 plus million in dead cap space. Who are they?
0: 40 million in dead cap space?
1: 40 million in dead cap uh,
0: space. Ah, okay. Okay. I'm going to go with
1: Just just to put that in perspective while you're thinking. People complain that quarterbacks take too much of a salary. You know, at forty million dollars, imagine not having a player and it costing forty. Million. Are the
0: Bears that's one of them?
1: The Bears yes. are one. Okay. Great call. That was that. Yeah, that that's a that's a good one. That's a good one. That Khalil Mack left them with a ton of debt. Okay, and
0: there's away. one more.
1: One more. The team also made a trade. Oh, is it Seattle? Wow. Yes.
0: That's a lot of money oh, to not have a player. Million.
1: A lot of money. It's eighty million dead between those two. My teams. My God, eighty plus
0: paying for shit you don't even have.
1: <laughs> you don't. Someone else is using. You imagine buying a car and watching someone else drive away <laughs> while you, you
0: know, pay for it every month. That,
1: that was a good car. I guess that what that's like what alimony is, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> all right i think that does it for us leo myself you can find us online take us on out of here